0: Welcome to the Folsom Frenzy Podcast. My name's Chase, and today we've got Jake and Topher. Uh Sreyas and Sam could not make it today. And today we're going to talk about the USC game. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's there's been less exciting games in Boulder that we've lost. Uh, definitely some cool celebrities that were there. Basically, the entire Celtics organization came out. Uh, the Nuggets were all there except for the two players that you guys actually probably care about. Uh Lecrae was there, the baby, um, Deion Sanders was there, which was pretty cool. And uh, today we're actually recording on a very special day. It has been exactly one year since Carl Durrell, the absolute worst thing to ever happen to the Colorado football program, at least in the last five years, um, was fired. So (laughs) (laughs) celebrating today, um, Carl Durrell's firing and and all the great things that have happened as a result of that. But uh, let's talk about USC. Definitely a tale of two halves as far as that game goes. Um, I know Topher's about to have an absolute aneurysm thinking about the special teams, so Topher, what were your thoughts um, specifically regarding the first half?
1: Uh, I will say this. I did say that USC was beatable, and I stand by that. Uh, USC is beatable. Um, and if we don't get that punt blocked in the first half, I, I really do think we win that game. Um, and that rollout punt, I think, should go down as the single worst special teams decision and that was a specific coaching decision, right? We, we've we shown punts um, repeatedly of just normal punts where he just gets the snaps, two steps, and uh, gets it off. We have the shield. Um, on that one, you could see we had our guard kind of motion a little bit further out, uh, allowing that A-gap. So we were intentionally rolling him out um, on this kick. And Did he roll out too re-
2: much there, Topher? Like, do you think that was um, all coaching there? Because I saw an interview that said Vassett wanted to do more rollout punts. So I don't know if that was more him taking I mean, the Liberty to roll out for five minutes to let. The I, get that, blocked, he definitely, yeah.
1: he definitely rolled out way too much, but that's a call that should never be made. Um, Because the reason you want to roll out is to get the ball dribbling. And the, the most dangerous returner was not even dressed for the game. There is no reason to do a rollout there. Um, so he just he punts it right into the uh, right into the guy coming off the edge. Um, looked like that guy didn't get a clean block on the end. And if you're if we're going to do that rollout, which it looked like it was an intentional call, you have to get to the outside so that he can't uh, rush the punter that way. So it was a little failure there, but definitely rolled out too much. And that I I was so mad. I was so mad. Um, couple that with a missed field goal, um, I believe it was a 41 yarder. Um, that's a very makeable kick, right? Like most high school kickers. Um, that are serious about kicking, make that kick. Um, after a big drive, start of the game, you have to make those. Um, wasn't windy. Conditions were perfect. It was a perfect snap, perfect hold. That's 100% on Feely. Um, and with that being said, like Mata is more accurate, um, and it's pretty clear but Mata also has a tendency to have very low kicks, right? Um, he crunches when he kicks, so he just brings his chest down, which helps with his power, but it's not allowing the ball to get up off the ground. So that PAT that was blocked against Oregon, that is, a, that is a result of A, good scouting, and B, just timing it and getting up there. If you can't get your ball above like 10 feet and eight yards, that's that's a huge, huge, huge problem. That's all I got. On yeah,
0: and, and like... You know we we give up a touchdown pretty fast i want to just quickly say at the beginning of the game when i found out that we had won the toss and deferred i actually thought that was a mistake and i think we made the same we made the same mistake against oregon i would have really liked to see us take the take the ball first and try to strike because
2: I for me gus johnson said that too actually oh really? well you know
0: <laughs> some people Reminds, are calling me the, like, the, next, huh? the next generation's gus johnson um <laughs> But I would have liked to see like us at least take a shot. Now, obviously we ended up with a three and out in our first drive, but it felt like going down seven, nothing in the same way that going down to Oregon early, like really hurt. Like I thought that was really punishing. And then like you mentioned, Topher, you know, so they score the touchdown, then we miss the field goal. They get an easy touchdown off of that. And then Shadur Sanders throws probably, you know, if we're being honest, his worst interception of the year, um, almost immediately. Right. You know, third and five, on the 30 yard line. And just like that, we're down 21 points. And at that point, I think we can all agree. And I will, I will mention I had taken the Buffalo hat off. Um, And for those of <laughs> you that don't follow me on Twitter um, personally, just know that um, I'm convinced that every time the Buffalo hat is on good things happen for CU. And sometimes I take it off because it's really itchy and it's hot. I will not be taking it off anymore because um going down 21, 21, zero like that. You know, we had some good resilience. That that first touchdown drive um was a thing of beauty, and I thought, you know, maybe, but it's it's tough to go down twenty-one points. Uh Jake, what were your uh what were your takeaways?
2: Yeah, I mean this is a trend that we're seeing in the season, right? Slow starts. Almost every game they've had a slow start except for TCU, I think, right? Um mm-hmm. one thing that really stood out to me is actually after the game and Coach Prime's press conference, or not press conference, his speech to the team, how he rallied with his guys, and he said he was overall proud of the team for the comeback. I know we'll talk about the second half here in a bit. Um, but you also saw in the well-off v- maybe media video that was released today, I believe, that Coach Prime and his, his talk to the team was like, we can't start this slow. And he said, it's going to be on me. Uh, it's on the coaches that we're starting slow. But w- enough of that. We have, like, every play matters, um, was one thing he said. And it's so true. You can't get behind against teams like USC that's a top-ten team. Once you get behind the eight ball, you're just you're you're dependent on the on throwing the ball. At that point, your your offense is one dimensional, and that's never going to work against a top ten team. One hundred percent.
0: And I think one other thing I just wanted to mention is, you know, we we got we give up the touchdown, we go down there, miss the field goal, which is deflating, right? And then on the next drive, USC goes first down, doesn't really get anything. Second down, second and ten, gets like six yards. Third down gives up a 71 yard touchdown pass. Um, you know, those are the kinds of things that are well. but it would be backbreaking. Right. But to, to coach prime's point, you know, this is a team that showed a lot of resilience because a lot of, you know, definitely last year's team, like last year's Colorado team would have just quit. Right. And frankly, we kind of just quit against Oregon last week. Right. Like we, we got down bad and that team just kind of disappeared. But at home, like, you know, they they stuck with it and and stuck it out. And so I think to your point, Jake, like, you know, they showed some resilience. You know, it's really easy. Going down 21 zip to a team like USC, you know, like USC is just too talented. You you can't do that. And and it would have been totally understandable if they'd given up and that team just didn't give up. Um, you know, so so props there. Um, you know, going down 34 14 into the in a halftime is is definitely pretty punishing. But um, yeah, overall, you know. Tough first half, but, but they took the punch and, and kind of ran with it. Um, I think we're ready. You know, let's talk second half, right. Come out and immediately a three and out. That was terrible. Um, <laughs> so
1: <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs>
0: um, and then you, you know, we end up holding him to a punt um, and then basically immediately um, punt again. And at that point it was just kind of a, the race was on um, touchdowns back and forth, had some big, Big interceptions, um, or big singular interception, I guess. Um, which kind of you know, I don't know at some point. I don't know when you guys really were like, maybe we could actually be in this game. For me, it was when we got that interception after the
2: touchdown. I'm not gonna lie, I had hope at halftime. Call me crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I i will. call uh, crazy. Uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> a, call me I'm crazy. A... I thought we weren't out of it. Um, now, did I think we are gonna win it? No way. No shot. <laughs> did I think we would maybe have a shot against the spread? Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, man. When we got, I think when we got our first touchdown out of the half, I'm like, you know, what, they're not out of it. There's plenty of time. I was even yelling at my TV. They need to run the ball more. Establish the run. Not be one dimensional. I know, Chase, you and I were debating on that on group me just because they were down by so much. It probably made sense to throw the ball um, with clock management. Uh, but yeah, no, I I saw fight in this team. I really want to know what Deion Sanders told his players at halftime. I didn't get a chance to go back and watch the well-off media video to see the halftime speech, if it's up there. Did you guys get a chance to see that? I haven't checked it out. But, yeah, I mean, they came out just guns a-blazing. To me, it didn't look like the scheme changed too much. I don't know your guys' opinions there. It just seemed like they were actually trying harder. And executing. Yeah, and executing. Uh, well, I, I don't think there's any
0: question that we have the talent to keep up with USC. At least now I'm confident that we don't. Tofer had mentioned last week and I, 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 so I have two things I want to respond to that i had called out in previous weeks. One, Topher said that USC's defensive line was not going to be as talented as Oregon. I still disagree. I thought USC's defensive line was insanely fast off the ball. And Shador, frankly was running for his life. The, the vast majority of the game. Now, Jake at halftime made the comment of, we should establish the run and I gave him a hard time for it because we were down 20 points at halftime. And, you know, had, if we were going to come back, we needed to, in my opinion, to throw, but in retrospect, I think, you know, I have to give Jake some credit. I think he might've been right because we were getting whatever we wanted running the ball for the most part. Right. And and when I'm saying getting what we wanted, right, we were getting seven
2: yards, eight yards. That's and a I big think- storyline that we didn't even touch on yet. The running. Yeah. It finally
1: running worked. game looked really it, it, good.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't actually think USC's defensive line is as bad as, as, you know, at least Tover seems to think it is, but I I think, you know, one, th- they had to respect our, our passing game, but two, I think running is really important for this team. You know, it's important for every team, but in particular for our team, it's important because when you get into a third and 10 situation and Shadour is running for his life, no matter what, Right to only have to go four yards versus 10 yards makes a big difference when you're trying to like make a play happen and he's not having to force balls um, all over the place. And one other thing I've been talking about it all season and I'm a clown for thinking Shador was going to end up being our our leading rusher for the year, certainly, but he finally started running the ball. I thought effectively and, and kind of flashed Mm -hmm. that side of his game. And one, I think he should do that for, for an NFL draft perspective. Like I think that'll make him a more appealing draft prospect, but Two, it really works. Like there's space. And, and I don't know if USC just wasn't respecting it because he hasn't really run a whole lot this season, but I I, I can't remember. He had a, a pretty lengthy touchdown run, um, if I remember correctly, yep. um, certainly over yeah, 10 yards. Up the middle so.
2: was cover two, the gap in the safeties, and just took the gap. Um another very underrated thing about having third and short is Shador has to throw the ball quickly with this offense, with our offensive offensive line. And it's a bunch of short passes. And when you have third and short, it's way easier to complete a short, quick pass than it is third and 10. So I think you got to establish the run, even though we know Shador's a beast. And, you know, I trust him with every play imaginable. But establishing the run, you're just not one-dimensional. And then the defense, you know, doesn't rush three and does the zone prevent defense against you when it's third and 10, right? It just opens up... um, they have to open up the defensive playbook in order to combat it. So I think it's critical.
0: However, I will say as far as opening up the run goes, maybe not when there is like three minutes left and you're down by what down by 14, but driving transition. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I thought I, I thought I'd do a little uh, slick transition there uh, because we don't have Sreyas to help edit you know, our, our <laughs> <laughs> epic transitions. So, um, yeah, I, I thought that was frankly, just terrible. Um, I think at, at least Topher disagrees with me on that. Yeah, the, right? the, the, yeah, the, yeah, the,
2: the clock management, right? The clock management,
0: the clock management was asked, on that last drive, right? Is that what we're yes, talking about? Correct. Okay. Well, Colorado's last drive, right? Like yeah. in my mind, yeah. it's, you know, you, we, I think when that, that started, we had, I don't. I don't remember. Four minutes. How much time I left. think five, it was like four minutes. Six or minutes. I actually have it right six here. Minutes. Five minutes and fifty-eight seconds. Yeah, five minutes and fifty-eight seconds left, and you're down by fourteen points, Insane. and we run
1: for we a had loss zero timeouts for two Hang on, hang on, on hang on. We we had zero timeouts. Okay. Okay. okay hang well, on. Yeah, that actually makes <laughs> me. Let worse. me. Let me. Let me. Okay. <laughs> wait, wait. Let right? Chase
2: finish, and then so, so you have get zero timeouts.
0: Ball. There's six minutes on the clock. You know you have to throw the ball, right? The run game has been working, but you have to throw the ball. And, you know, and by the way, they've changed the rules. So the clock's not stopping on every first down like it used to until you get below two minutes, right? So you have to score fast to try to win this game. And instead, like, you know, it was infuriating and, I, you know, people that, are just, you know, like not Colorado fans, but know that I'm, you know, I'm their token Colorado fan. We're texting and they're like, I cannot believe what I just watched. That is the worst clock management I've ever seen. I think, you know, we're maybe not because I don't know if the people that roast people on Twitter necessarily listen to the podcast, but, you know, I don't, I don't want to be like, you know, calling out Deion Sanders, stuff like that, but that, you know, it does come down to coaching. Right. And that's something where I think you could look back at that and go, we did not manage our, our clock well on that drive. I I personally do not think you can be running. They didn't really have a sense of purpose. They were not moving quickly to get plays in. And I realized, you know, it worked. they scored the touchdown. But in my mind, if you go in, down there and score the touchdown and there's still three and a half minutes on the clock, like you don't have to necessarily 100% go in on that onside kick, right? Like you don't, right, there's enough go. time. Let's hear, it. Let's hear it. So, All right. So, I mean, You can only run out a minute and 20 seconds with, with the 40 seconds between plays. So, you know, at at some point they had clearly just given up and gone all in on the onside kick, which I think was just terrible. I think,
1: I think with no timeouts left and six minutes left, you you have to do the math that if you're going to come back, it has to be a string of incredible plays. Right. And because of that, you have to lean on the fact that you have to execute perfectly. Have you ever heard of the phrase be quick, but don't hurry right? The buffs, the buffs had to be quick, but not hurry. Cause if we made a mistake, it's over for sure. Right. We score the touchdown at about the four minute mark, but we realize we're not going to get big chunk chunk plays, Uh, (laughs) um, big chunk plays. We have to assume that we're going for the onside kick regardless. So we take our time, make sure we get it down. Plus, even if we scored quickly, right. And there's still three and a half to four minutes left best case scenario, right? Even if we get a stop, they're gonna punt it to us on the other side of the field. We have to go the whole length of the field again with no timeouts. Versus, if we get the onside kick, what? We're at the forty-five going out. Can
0: you be clear. You are onside kicking it no matter what, right? Like yes. we can agree you on. You are that.
1: onside kicking it no matter what. So then, what's the point of rushing, right? If we knew we were gonna onside kick from about the four-minute point because we don't have timeouts, there was no reason not to run away, run away from the run, right? Because now a completion or run the only difference is the amount of yards you've gained how, how much the clock, time on the, the clock
2: chase when usc got the ball with the onside a minute 43 seconds. Minute 40. i mean at that 40. point it's over right once it goes below well, two you... minutes but you're at two minutes right if they would have thrown the ball you could have saved how much time at least a minute and a half right maybe two easily yeah because and the other thing is we were running and... the entire play clock before we would snap the ball
0: so it's not just Go that we were running the ball
2: Too on the broadcast he's like if you didn't run the ball, they might have got a third and an out, and might have had a shot coming back. You know, even with no timeouts. I don't know. You know, you can play this what if game, but I think another. I, I said right? with you, Chase. I think they they shouldn't have run, run the ball there, and I was pulling out my hair. But yeah,
0: and and USC's you know. offense is so good that like maybe you're just like we're not going to stop them from getting a first out. Now I think that's that's quitter talk, right? Like if you're trying to win the game, I think the odds, like the statistics, say you have a better chance of trying to get a three and out and get the ball back and just. Throw up a prayer, right? You know, Shador has pretty good arm strength. You know, not mm-hmm. not the craziest arm strength. You know, not Brett Favre arm strength, but he has pretty good arm strength. Right? Cordell so, Stewart arm strength. not not Cordell Stewart arm strength, but you you give yourself a chance, and it was just disappointing. I, I you know, and, and the other thing is like at least hurry. You know, like I understand your point about like you don't want to make a mistake, but like you either go fast and you score and you have a chance or you go fast and you throw the interception and either way you lose, right? Like no matter what happens, we know what happened that way they lose. So, and, and part of it, you know, it was a, it was a good drive. I don't want to talk about moral victories, but as far as like good drives to watch at the end of the game, where they like went down and methodically just scored, like it looked great. Unfortunately, you gave away 21 points at the beginning of the game before we kind of got going. So um, I agree with you though, for what you said earlier, USC definitely looked beatable. Like we, I, I think we, in, in the statistics that we posted on our X page today, Agree. Like Colorado actually on paper outplayed USC in that game. Um, just unfortunately, not on the score. Not by a lot, but we did according to the statistics. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we, you know, the game just got away from us. But overall, I don't think that was the heartbreaking, backbreaking loss like Oregon was by any stretch. No. So, you know, and whatever your take on moral victories is.
1: Bottom line is uh, when you play good teams, you can't make mistakes like a block punt and a stupid pick, right? And that's that's what cost uh, that's what cost us the game. But uh, I do want to highlight um, a couple of players that came in and we found some diamonds in the rough. Uh, they got their opportunity to play. Um, I like to think that uh, Dion was like, I'm gonna throw guys out there who want to play. And um, uh, a Marion, a Marion Miller um, and uh, Marion. Marion,
2: corrected the pronunciation. The truth, whatever confidence. whatever his
0: first name is, he is the truth. He's the, the
2: truth, and then Cormani. And then Cormani. Cormani's an interesting storyline, right? Because uh, going into the week, Coach Prime called him out, to him him not watching enough film. So I wonder if he if he hit the film room. You have to imagine he did, right? Coach Prime have is going to the take the easy on him.
1: The only way he gets on the field if he's was like, oh, you want me to watch film? Watch this
2: yeah, if it was a blowout and he didn't watch any film, I don't think Coach Prime is putting him in. I think I think he has that conviction with his players and I think he's that tough on his team. So I think it's great
1: to see but, that I mean Kormani we had talked about it in there. the past. what was that? I agree.
0: I should just say we talked about it in the past, like Cormani didn't look like he had the right size or you know, that's what we had heard, right? Maybe he's not big mm-hmm. enough, whatever it is. and uh
2: he definitely has the size, right? Like he was definitely. The he, athleticism he, man, that slant with that USC player, and he just got in there, got the pass breakup in the end zone. Not, not just a USC fly. player,
1: the traitor Brendan Judas Rice. himself, Brendan Rice. Who, yes, oh, you know how satisfying that was? I After can't remember if we actually two said it
2: touchdowns,
0: right? <laughs> I, I don't know if we said it on the podcast or not last week, but at some point we had talked about how if he scored two touchdowns, that was just gonna be the end of us. And uh, that I mean, that was awful, but you know, again, moral victory. At least we had one great. <laughs> Great yeah. pass Fred break! Up Rice against said it.
2: Before the game, he's like, "Colorado's my first love," and it just stuck a dagger in my heart and ripped it out. But yeah, what if that was a five-star play? Not, it not was. your typical recruit can make that. Not your typical like junior senior can make that play. Let alone freshman. That was totally a five-star play right there. Um, and then yeah, um Om- Om- Omarion? Miller, <laughs> phenomenal. He balled out. What did he have, guys? What were his stats? It was like 197, I want to say. Did I remember 196, 196. 196. One touchdown. Seven
1: catches, one ninety-six, one touchdown.
2: What was the stat? I think it was like his first catch, his first like two catches in college football were was like top five for most yards ever in college football. Something like that. Some silly stat like that. But he's legit. We got something. We got uh, something to uh, have And you us know what? Here.
1: You know what's even better is he was committed to Nebraska. He flipped his commitment from Nebraska to Colorado. Inject that right into my veins. (laughs) Gotta love it. I'm sure he loved that game too.
0: And, you know, and, and one other shout out, right? Like Jimmy Horn had a great game, two touchdowns, 84 yards. Any on any other, any other game, right? 84 yards, two touchdowns, particularly in, in seasons past, you'd be like, that is clearly the best offensive player of the game. Right. And, you know, not this week, right? Like that's, and you have to think how many records are going to be set by this team, right? Like, it feels like all the time when you see Colorado specific records, you always go back to, you know, hasn't been done since the 1990s or something like that. I, I mean, these are the teams, these are going to be the teams where in the future, when they're talking about records, you're gonna be like, that's the, that's the guy that they're, they're taking the record from.
2: Yeah, another interesting storyline, just talking about wide receivers is Omari or not Omari Miller. Um who am I thinking of? Javon Antonio. I believe he he was in on a few targets, but he had no catches. There were a lot of mis, miscommunications between Shador and his wide receivers. I think uh, Xavier Weaver had some miscommunication with Shador. I think on the pick might have been a miscommunication. Who knows? Or just a god-awful throw. Um, but yeah, there was an out route, I think, and he curled. I think Xavier Weaver like curled on that route. And mm-hmm. Shador totally threw it the wrong direction um that's stuff you gotta clean up during practice right like i mm-hmm. like that's coaching right there um or and, and just communication between Shador and his receivers i'll give the
0: benefit of the doubt to xavier weaver this was like certainly a down game for him but he still had uh what seven receptions or, or yeah seven receptions um mikey harrison had another great game you know six receptions another touchdown honestly you know, shout out to Brady Russell, by the way, for making the NFL team, right. With, or he got signed by, um, I don't remember what team picked him up, but, um, was it the Eagles or was he on the Eagles? Anyway, he's, he's uh, on the
1: Eagles. Nate Landman's starting for the Falcons now. For the Falcons.
0: Yeah. So some of those X buffs got to give him a shout out. Um, but Michael Mikey Harrison's like the first tight end we've seen in a while where like Colorado actually uses them competently, like an NFL tight end would be used. And it's kind of cool to see that as well.
1: Uh, y- it's awesome. I want to give a shout out to Sean Lewis, Mikey Harrison's touchdown. He, he ran the same exact play in a four by one set earlier. The same one I've talked about with an uh, ineligible receiver saw that it was there, just missed a block. And we were um, they out. Uh, we had out leveraged them and he went right back to it and got him his touchdown. Awesome. Um, if you're watching the highlights back, you'll be able to see the same concept four by one. Uh, leak Mikey out to the uh, um, narrow side of the field, and get him with a screen. Great, great, great offense.
0: So with all of that, that great performance talk, um, we will go ahead and do the Q Wealth Management Player of the Game. Go to qwealthmanagement.com to learn more. Uh, It was a good week. If you're a huge fan of the Q Wealth Management Player of the Game uh, Award, you know, I know we have a huge fan base for that. Um, But it was a good week to be named a Marion for this award because we're going to go ahead (laughs) and give it a Marion Miller on offense and then a Marion Cooper who – um, on defense purely, Yo, Chase, to do bit. my
2: guy's name is O'Marion. Marion, Okay. Sorry.
0: <laughs> um, but he played pretty well. He did get beat by, uh, by Brennan Lewis or Britain, Brennan Lewis, Brennan rice on one of those uh, touchdowns. So we'll also give, um, Cam Silman Craig, a, uh, honorable mention for that. Uh, he had the, the interception in the game, I believe. So, um, overall, Pretty spectacular performance by a lot of guys, just not a winning performance. Um, and you know, it's USC is so good, right? Caleb Williams is so good. So this is not a a team where you lose and you you, you put your head down, right? This is a really good team, um, and honestly, in a pretty good Pac twelve. So, um, Tover, do you want to give a, a special teams
1: player of the week? Absolutely not. They don't deserve it um, until they have a good showing. They they don't they don't deserve the Q Wealth name. Okay.
0: Fair enough. Um, so one other hot topic this week, um, which seems to have only become a hot topic, even though this has been kind of obvious for a while, um, we'll talk about the Ralphie drama, uh, before we preview, a- uh, Arizona state here in just a second, but Ralphie six is definitely not, uh, her, her runs are frankly, you know, with based off my physique, which is not particularly, um, desirable, it, you know, those are the <laughs> kinds of runs I would go on, right? Like 20 yards and then you're gassed and then you, you go home. Um, She's a, uh, you know, we've heard either she's shy or, you know, afraid of the crowd, which is totally understandable. But, you know, after watching Ralphie five get retired, cause she was too excited to run. Um, and obviously Ralphie five was the Ralphie for everyone on the podcast while we were in school, other than maybe, I mean, honestly, Sreyas could have been there for Ralphie one. Um, he's, he's like 80 years old. So um, yeah, it's, it's unclear. Like Ralphie's just not quite getting it done. Jake, you've, you've got some thoughts on that. Do I
2: have some thoughts? Um, yeah. What were my thoughts? Yeah. Um, Buffs Twitter has definitely been buzzing about it today. Uh, a, a lot of talk on what to do about Ralphie, if they should retire Ralphie six already, uh, which, you know, can it be that hard to play, replace Ralphie? I know it took them what Ralphie had to like sit out a year in order to go from five to six. Allegedly
0: they had a, a Ralphie fail out of the program. Now I know if you, if you say misinformation about Ralphie, the Ralphie program is like very big on coming after you, but they also, you know, people were asking about it and they they gave a no comment response um, today. Yeah, um, As far Hall as like, out. yeah, which is really weird. Like, you know, it's one of those. Well, I think it makes
2: sense, right? I think they know something's up. Like they like, obviously know Ralphie. We're all school. on the
0: same team, right? Like everyone, you know. Everyone other than PETA, right? Like literally
2: everyone that's involved
0: <laughs> with the program wants to see Ralphie succeed. So it's not like there's like deep state enemies that are trying to like pull a fast one on Ralphie or, or like get the inside scoop for her demise. We, like, but we
2: all imagine if they said Ralphie's spooked, like we only want to curve her in because she's spooked, you know, PETA would be all over that. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that's true, not... true. But I guess the,
1: then I would challenge Folsom to have a silent run. No one say anything. <laughs> you know how awesome that would be if we got a whole that would, that stadium, fifty thousand, just dead silent while she runs. That would be
2: sick. That oh, would right. be sick. All right, I well, want to see it solution. happen. Yeah, I love it. But yeah, uh, anyway. to, we'll see with Ralfy Six. Um, not so, so silent run. Season. Yeah, it could be I cool. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, so
0: we won't we won't beat that to death, but uh, just something that we wanted to bring up, and then. uh, Jake, one one other
2: observation is they haven't done a Ralphie's Corral. Um, Someone in our group chat brought that up and it's, it's a good observation. I think, you know, this Ralphie's just young and might be spooked for, from some things. Um, and
0: we we did request her at my wedding, which just recently occurred, and she was not able to come. Now, I don't know if, you know, whatever that is, but um, they've taken it off the website. That used to be a thing that you could request and it you was know, insanely expensive, like several thousand dollars. But you could request and, and Ralphie 5 used to make the appearances, but ralphie six is i guess not not interested so i don't know it's, it's a good life for a buffalo um and i'm we're all, we're to be clear we are all cheering for her so i don't want this to come off as like this podcast hates ralphie or anything like that we like we want her to succeed but uh it i don't is, think, it think is we're exaggerating
1: weird. here when literally every single host would die for ralphie yeah. so no one misconstrues words here
0: yeah uh, when my, when my wife cried watching Ralphie run the first time, that's that's how I knew. So uh,
2: huge,
0: <laughs> huge Ralphie fans. We, we wish nothing but the best for her, but it's something to keep an eye on. Um, but with that being said, we will give a quick preview for ASU. Um, hopefully we watched the game or at least I watched the game so that you guys didn't have to. Um, it was, I mean, that team is stinky. Um, that, I mean, horrible game. Arizona state is not particularly good. And I, I don't know that I, I kind of feel the way that I did before Nebraska um, or even Colorado state, which haha, you know, turns out maybe, but it'll be on the PAC 12 network, which will be kind of, not, I, you know, I got this whole TV subscription with the PAC 12 network purely to watch the buffs. And then we've been on national television every week, but Arizona state is one and four um, zero and two in conference. They lost at Cal Cal is also horrible. I don't care what people say. They're awful.
1: They um, did hold in back,
0: tight though. with USC. So I think people were like a little scared of that. Um, they got blanked by Fresno state 29, nothing, uh, beaten by an Oklahoma state team. That is not particularly good and barely beat a Southern Utah team. So this Arizona state team is not good. It is at, you know, in Tempe, I, I honest he to God, I a Fresno
2: state, though they're ranked now. They are so good. That's a not good team. A cupcake. That,
0: that is a good team. Um, I think my, m- one of my fun predictions for this episode, I think Tempe will have more Colorado fans than Arizona state fans at the game, or it'll be very close. It'll be like when Nebraska Ooh. would come to Folsom. Oh, um, I think, I, like I think LA alums, um, are going to mobilize, um, you know, Arizona alums are going to be out there. I think there's a lot of Colorado fans, including Sreyas who will be there at the game this week because our, our correspondence on the field, um, except not at the field on the field, literally in the stands, but, um, overall Arizona state just does not look good. They, they're a young team, um, but they've got some bad injuries. I believe their, um, their Definitely wasn't starting last week. So, Uh, Um, Anyway, uh, long story short, I'll quickly give my prediction. Um, I think Colorado is going to take out some frustration and anger on Arizona State. Um, I'm going to call it 35-7, to and I think we see Travis play, but in a light, very limited setting. And I don't know if that will be on defense or offense, but I do think Travis will play, not on kick block or whatever crazy positions he's been playing
2: as well.
1: Interesting. Um,
2: Yeah, similar to you, Chase, I think it's going to be a blowout. It's going to be 42-17 is my prediction. My fun prediction is we're going to see O'Marion Miller ball out again. I don't think Travis Hunter is coming back. Uh, I think we might see – help me out – Slusher, the safety. I think we might see Slusher this week. Um, I don't think – what's the – um, oh, Shiloh. I don't think we're going to see Shiloh this week at all. Uh, just cause you know, I think they can take care of Arizona state without those guys. So yeah, 42, 17. That's my prediction. Over.
1: Uh, I like both your ice sediments of, uh, blowouts. Cause I, I also don't think it's going to be close. Although I do think Arizona state's going to put some p- points up on us. Um, uh, I was pretty impressed with their run game against USC. Um, so, I think I'll go final as 49-28.
0: Um, yeah. I, I did forget to mention Colorado is minus four in Vegas with an over under of 60. So Vegas at least thinks it'll be for the Pac-12, at least a relatively low scoring game. I think the implied, the, you know, the implied score there is like 32-28 or something along those lines. So
2: the spread is only minus four though. That's crazy. Minus four. And you better believe you better Big believe buffs. I'm going
0: to be all over that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think I yeah, I, I really I think Colorado's gonna take some some frustration out. Um it'll be a good chance. You gotta remember Colorado's 0 and two in the in the Pac twelve this year. Um we had some huge wins this season, but none of them count as far as the Pac twelve standings go. So um I, I think runners. after
2: this game, it's gonna spur the media on. They're gonna be like, Is Colorado back? Let's rank the buffs, the hype's gonna be back. <laughs> we're gonna beat Stanford the following week and people are just gonna be going nuts about CU again.
1: My hot take. The specialists will be perfect this week. That is, well, that
0: is a take. boiling thing. I mean, that, that is an insanely hot. Specialists thing will be hot. perfect this week. It's that take is hotter than it's going to be in Tempe, and it's supposed to be pretty warm this week.
1: Specialists <laughs> will be perfect uh, this week.
0: Good lord, and and you know, I think most of the fans that listen to this podcast are going to have the Pac-12 network, but it'll be kind of refreshing, at least in my mind, to finally have a week where kind of you know, it's been really fun right? to have, huh? Kind of nostalgic. Well, yeah, like cool I think Pac-12 like network. I at least it's cool to see colorado all over the place i've really enjoyed it it's been you know like christmas every day but i'm also a little nostalgic and excited to like not be the center of the universe for one week and just watch <laughs> a colorado football game and like no one will else will be able to watch it um you know like it like the good old days and 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 unlike the good old days we're gonna win this one so um pretty excited for that i think shiloh's gonna ball out um but pretty excited for for this game so you think that, shiloh's gonna ball out
2: or not, Shiloh. Uh, I always make Shiloh. <laughs> That's the second time you've
0: done um, that. Shador's gonna ball out. Uh, maybe <laughs> Shiloh will ball out. I don't know. I'm,
1: I think Shiloh will be back. It sounded like he was pretty close to coming back for Saturday. We'll see I think that. he'll. You're I, I think he'll be back for this. And he's gonna,
0: this gonna ball weekend. out. Shiloh's gonna have an interception. He's gonna uh, vindicate yeah.
2: me. But can can, with- can I praise Shiloh really quick? He's been a guy where I I didn't know what we were getting with him. You know, coach's son. You never know. You know, it's not like he was. Phenomenal at Jackson State. He was a good player. I don't want to un- undermine Shiloh at all, and he was recruited to an SEC school. But man, has he played really well this year? So shout out to Shiloh. Just wanted to wanted to say that while we were bringing up his name. All right, guys. Any other thoughts of ASU? I think that's it. Uh, so with that, thanks for listening, everyone. Please give us a like and shout out on social media. Uh, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, my heart iHeartRadio. radio definitely follow us on that we're pretty low on followers there also give us a rating on apple podcasts and spotify podcasts we really appreciate it uh, but thanks for listening Let's go
1: scobus